0: Episode 59 of the Shock Jacques Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. Hope you're doing well out there as well as you can be during this difficult time. Good amount of stuff to talk about on the show this week. Not a ton of Knicks stuff. We will dive a bit into Knicks and NBA news in the first half of the show. And then we'll really dive back in to the race for the playoffs and the playoffs themselves in the NBA bubble in the second half of the show. We'll talk Kenny Payne. We'll talk a little bit about some reports going on with certain players in the bubble, how they might impact the playoffs. And then we'll really dive into that standings, the race games going on as we speak, as I'm recording right now, middle of the afternoon the day before the show goes out, we are recording this week. So we'll give you some, I guess some live feedback and some feedback on the games that are going to happen later on today that you will know the results of as we head into the playoffs it's the home stretch and we're getting ready to see really not only who's going to match up but obviously in the west we'll dive into who could possibly face the lakers in the first round of the nba playoffs so i'm excited about that you know what else i'm excited about this kenny payne move i have to say this Knicks move to bring in former Kentucky assistant coach, Kenny Payne, John Calipari, who again, got to take his words with a little bit of a grain of salt, but John Calipari had really a lot of nice things to say about Kenny Payne. He's now going to be part of the Knicks staff under Tom Thibodeau. Here's what he said. Um, John Calipari, that is, on a conference call about the addition of Payne to the Knicks roster. Quote, I want the Knicks to win, and I want the Knicks to to compete, I should say, for a championship. And I want the Knicks to win a championship, okay? That's what he said. Uh, He added, my overriding concern in this is Kenny Payne. That's like my brother. So he also added this. I just want to make sure that Kenny understood he's leaving a great situation here. He's paid a lot of money here, the highest paid in college basketball. Now all of a sudden he's coming to the Knicks and it's going to be a build. But here's his strengths. How are you going to utilize him? And Tibbs was a, was on point. He went point to point. He knew why he wanted him on his staff, end quote. It, strong words from John Calipari, obviously. Very much um, on board um with what Payne can do he's obviously got a lot of chance a lot of chances to uh to see him in action the thing that really hit home was an article i read i believe also in the new york post how big of a loss it is for kentucky that kenny Payne is moving on and for you know for the behemoth that is kentucky basketball again you know they they haven't won a national championship since anthony davis was at school there but they've been constantly fighting for championships. They've had, I think a couple of final fours since that, uh, great run with Anthony Davis leading the way. And they've obviously produced a ton of NBA talent that we've been talking about over the last couple of years and really over the last decade. So it, it's a, it's the, it's the death star of college basketball besides Duke basically is Kentucky and Kenny Payne's been a big part of that for a while now. And It'll be interesting to see what Kentucky does from there. Someone who loves college basketball and covers college basketball. But as far as the situation with the Knicks, this feels like a big deal. It does. This feels like an addition that could be very, very important for the Knicks moving forward and could bring in a guy that, you know, obviously has the connections with college, can help with the draft and things like that. But also could be really helpful in developing the, the players when they get to the NBA as well it seems like he has that pedigree and this is another great quote from calipari as well quote uh and then sorry this is on um leon rose specifically and that relationship with worldwide west and of course both of whom uh go you know way back with calipari according to the new york post and obviously that's kind of well documented at this point quote leon talking about leon rose is a gatherer leon is about bringing people together leon is one that'll stay in the background and let other people become stars. And the reality is they're becoming stars because he's in the background, helping them in any way he can to put them in great position. Calipari added what Wes will do for Leon is quote, how can you help him do what he's trying to do? Wes's relationships, they're going to help, but Leon has his relationships too. So that, that to me sounds more like a friend, you know, vouching for a friend there. You know, the, 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 the John Calipari quote about Kenny Payne got me more excited. That was like, okay, Knicks might have something here. You know, he's he's his pedigree is pretty well documented at Kentucky. So I got excited about that. And it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out moving forward with Kenny Payne. He could bring a lot to the table. From coaching from college to the NBA could be a big a bit of a step. Obviously, it's, it's normal that that's going to be the case. But... He's got a good staff around him. He's got a good head coach to lead him. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens with Kenny Payne moving forward. It it, it could end up being a pretty big deal that, that Coach Thibodeau decides to bring him in. So only time will tell, but again, very, very interesting. And, and I'll give you one more uh, Calipari quote before I move on here, cause I want, you know, there's a few other things that I want to get to within this story. And then we'll dive a little bit more into the NBA stuff, but Calipari went on again, talking about, you know, the Kentucky connection. And, and uh, he gave a quote about Julius Randall and Kevin Knox and, and things like that. How, you know, the, the addition could possibly help them take the next step and things like that. It'll help them. We'll see about that one. I, am not, you know, convinced of that, but, Here's one more quote on on Kenny Payne from Calipari. Quote, The experience for Kenny is going to be unbelievable, Calipari said. He's going to learn from a workhorse. He's going to learn f- from a guy that basketball is his life. Creating teams, creating a culture, that's Tibbs' life. That's what he does, nothing else. He's like Kentucky Fried Chicken. He does chicken. He doesn't do a whole lot of other stuff. It's going to be great for Kenny to see and be there. This could really be... Again, that partnership not, not only between Leon Rose and you know Thibodeau and, and Worldwide West and that kind of a thing. This could be big for Kenny Payne. This could be big for Tibbs and for the Knicks. So again, I'm positive about it. Again, we don't know how exactly it's going to work yet. Obviously, but this feels you know like you know Kenny Payne could become a really big asset for Tom Thibodeau and really grow into a really really strong coach and be a bit of a pillar in this rebuild. You know, one of the articles goes into the Tyrese Maxi side of things, you know, Kenny Payne could bring some good insight on Tyrese Maxey. I, that could be good as well. You know, it could it could force the Knicks to uh go for him or maybe not. I think that's kind of has to be up in the air as well depending on what else is around. Not, you know, I hope that it's not going to be well you know, he's there and then he's going to just vouch for the Kentucky guys. Although the the Kentucky guys have been very good, but it's one of those things where I I think it's, it's more about, you know, Kenny Payne's gotten a, you know, Kentucky's played the best teams in college basketball every year. Basically, he's going to have a good idea of what these players look like. He's seen them live. He's coached against them. He knows some of their strengths and their weaknesses. And obviously he knows Kentucky. He knows Calipari. And he knows that program extremely well. can help in that regard as well. So it's a combination of those things that make me positive about it. And not only in the short term, but obviously he can grow into being a long-term pillar next to Tibbs. And I think that gets me even more excited about this move. I think that could be really, really important moving forward for the Knicks. I, I think the one thing I'm, you know, again, the one thing I get cautiously optimistic about is again, like with the relationships, everyone's vouching for each other. Everybody is putting themselves out there and, and making sure that, you know, they're vouching for their friends and and things like that. But remember one of the things that the Knicks don't have, or haven't had for a long time, everybody on the same page, everybody sticking to a plan and then executing that plan very well. That latter point is the point that's still very much up for debate, but it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable about it, that everyone's on board. Everyone respects each other. Everybody knows what needs to be done. And and I've said this before, that's something, that's a process that can override a bad owner. That's a process that can override a bad stretch of time. That's a stretch that could that could seal up some of those cracks that keep coming up with this Knicks franchise. When you've got the right core in place in the front office, it doesn't just paper over the cracks, it fills them when it's done right. Turned out that Phil Jackson, they were just throwing, you know, scotch tape over the cracks of a sinking ship. This could be what the Knicks need. Now, again, you know me, if you've been listening to this show over the last year, you know me, I am cautiously optimistic to the end with a lot of this stuff. I, I am very, very hesitant to love again. I've been teased too many times. I've been hurt too many times, too many false hopes over the last 15, 20 years for me to be like, you know what? I'm all in. Let's do this. I'm excited. But for the first time, probably since Mike Woodson was fired, because that was kind of the beginning of the end of that, of that good Nick team back in 2012, 2013. And then, and then the next season happens and Mike Woodson gets fired. Since that time, I have not been more excited for an NBA season involving the Knicks than I am right now. That's not saying a whole lot. I have to say (laughs) the bar has been pretty low over the last six years. However, the Knicks have not had nearly this good of a head coach, possibly since Jeff Van Gundy left. And the Knicks have not had this on board of a front office, maybe in 10, 15 years. It's been a while. Since it's been this stable in the front office, at least from the looks of it, let's see what that looks like in the draft. Because remember, that's the next big step for the Knicks getting the point guard they need in the draft and then getting more talent on this roster that could make an impact. But I'll say this as well, by the way, I will say this as well. I have not been more excited going into an NBA draft in a while than I am this season. That includes last year. Because obviously the draft lottery kind of took Zion away from us. So, again, R.J. Barrett's been good. He's been great at times. But going into a draft with the whole situation, it's been a while. I can't remember the last time I've been more looking forward to an NBA draft. And it's not just because I've just, you know, it's sports content. I want sports content. I'm excited the Knicks are going to do really well with this draft. And I haven't thought that in a long, long time. Last year, the Knicks kind of couldn't mess it up. They were going to get R.J. Barrett as soon as they realized they where they were picking in the draft. That was kind of the way it was going to go. But this time, again, there's some hope the Knicks could get higher in the draft. That's a big if, obviously. I've said that before. But even if the Knicks stand pat, they're going to get a really good, or say where they are, I should say, they're going to get a really good point guard, most likely, in this draft. Again, they've got three really good choices. In Cole Anthony, LaMelo Ball, which is the higher end, obviously, or in Tyrese Halliburton, who I think really should be considered as that third option there for the Knicks. Some even put him as the second option the Knicks should consider. So I I really think that the Knicks are in a really good spot for this draft. I think they're going to nail it. I'm knocking on wood every time I say that now, by the way, my positivity is showing a little bit here, which is not normal for me when it comes to the Knicks, but I'm excited. I think that, you know, these are the kind of pieces we've been hoping can be put in place for a draft and then for the long term outcome of the Knicks. And then obviously looking forward to a short term next season in the NBA. It's looking pretty good. And now it's about nailing the draft. And then it's about, you know, whether it's this season or next season, getting big names in free agency or at least a big name in free agency. That's the next big step with this team. You know, continuing to develop the core, adding to that core through the draft, and then hoping to get a star or two to join to get this back to where the Knicks should be and haven't been really consistently in 20 years. So it's one of those things where when you see some of the building blocks come in place and they make sense, at least to me, I start to get a bit excited. So I'm pretty thrilled with the way the last couple of weeks have gone with the addition of Tom Thibodeau now you're adding Kenny Payne into the mix. You know, that they're putting in the right pieces on this coaching staff, I think. It's jiving with what Leon Rose wants to do with the front office. And then we see what they do in the draft and we see how they try to develop whether from there it's continuing through the draft and then that combination of free agency in the next couple of years. So we'll see how that all works out. But I have to say, pretty pretty happy with the Kenny Payne hire I think it makes a lot of sense I think it could be a really nice partnership between him coach Thibodeau and the rest of this coaching staff I really like it a lot really quick a couple of bubble notes uh, before we move on to the really good you know races in the east and the west and then we look at really the start you know previewing some of these playoff matchups in the NBA we'll do a full kind of playoff breakdown next week. I think the playoffs might already be underway then, but we'll do like more of a full thing next week. I want to do a full show with that. We'll do that next week. I, I think that this Kenny Payne news, again, we try to prioritize the Knicks stuff, obviously around here. That makes that makes sense. It's posting and toasting. But because of where we are, because I know you guys want to hear this stuff, um we will do playoff stuff more next week, I think. That's kind of where I'm leaning. We'll again, we're going to dive into some, but again, the, nothing's finalized yet because as I'm recording, there's still a full slate of games in the NBA still to come. A couple that are in the books, but they didn't matter. So we'll get into that as the show goes on. And then the next half of the show and then next week we'll do playoff previews and things like that. And then obviously we'll see, I'll get, I'll, I'll, I might have to throw another prediction your guys way because uh, and I'll, I'll get to why maybe in a second. Real quick, couple headlines from the NBA bubble. Listen, you know, Adam Silver has been really excited about this. He's, he said, I think he said yesterday or earlier today that the bubble's gone better than the NBA expected, which is just fantastic to hear. Obviously, there's been zero positive coronavirus tests over the past week. Again, they tested 342 players. So that, again, fantastic to see that that is continuing. But this is where it's going to get a little possibly a little dicey a little bit of a monkey wrench is going to be thrown in here a a memo has been sent out nba players can bring other people into the bubble with them and again this was kind of going to happen from the beginning um but the thing that's new here is that the players must have long quote long-standing relationship for non-family members entering the bubble so you can bring in family. You can bring in uh, your wife, your significant other, your your kids. I think actually, I don't, I don't that I'm not sure about, but it sounds like you can bring in family, which I guess could include kids. But that that might be a difficult one. I'll have to see what happens with that. But I guess you can bring in family. Kids, my, from my understanding, could fit into that. Although again, that's I, I keep going back to this, but that's a little tricky, but regardless. Here's the the big quote here. Those guests, quote, without an established, pre existing and personal and known relationship, won't be allowed in the bubble. Here are the big things with that. No agents, no fans, no, hey, I'm holding a contest on my Twitter account. Winner gets in the bubble. Nope, none of that. It's got to be longstanding friends, friends from back home, you know, cousins, things like that. You know, friends that you have known for a long, long time. Your day ones, you know, no new friends, quoting the philosopher Drake. None of that. It makes sense to me. I think some people have been blowing it up a little too out of proportion here. I think it's, you know, this is, you know, again, this is a, this is a a workplace environment. You know, nobody would bring in their friends, let alone, you know, their family, let alone their friends to their workplace. But again, these are for the guys that are staying for the playoffs that have not seen their family in a long time. And they want to bring their significant others to the bubble. It makes sense for that from a mental standpoint it's a great move by the NBA. It just, and again, the NBA bubble has gone extremely well. I I can't remember the last time there was a positive test in the bubble. I don't think they're really, besides guys leaving the bubble and having to come back in and quarantine, that's been the big stuff going on in the bubble. There's been no outbreaks. It's been fantastic. So that leads me to believe that they can easily facilitate bringing family and friend and close friends in and doing this the right way. I mean, the NBA's, Proved it with, you know, 30 or not 30, but 22 NBA teams. They've gotten it done. So I think Adam Silver can easily follow through with this plan. It's just about two big things. Two big things here. Making sure that NBA players stick by that protocol and not bringing in people that shouldn't be there. And number two, making sure that these family members and what I'm really worried about is the kids... Following these protocols. Now again, I expect it to be done because the families of these uh, players, these NBA players, have done a fantastic job following this. Why not? You know, why why wouldn't the NBA families be able to do this? My my first thought was, all right, it's more people, and the more people that are there, the more chance there is of the virus spreading. So that's that for me because we don't know everything yet about this virus. We really don't. That that gave me a cause for concern. But the NBA has every reason to believe that they're going to be able to pull this off. So that that's why I kind of backtracked on it a little bit, because they've been able to do it. So we'll see what happens with that. But I want to make sure that you guys are in the loop on that, because with the playoffs coming up, that's going to be a bit of a, a storyline going on over the next couple of weeks. So keeping you up to date on that. Before we take a break here, actually, you know what? Let's take the break now because there's a big story I want to get to that really goes into more of the on the on the court stuff. We'll get to that next. We'll take a break here. We'll talk a few headlines from inside the bubble involving the teams themselves, and then we'll dive into the race for the eighth spot in the West and the playoff matchups in both conferences inside the bubble. After this on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Okay, second half of the show, let's dive into the playoff matchups in a second, but first, and we'll get to those, but first, biggest news of the day, especially on the day of recording, according to multiple reports, Russell Westbrook is going to miss the start of the first round playoff series for the Houston Rockets. Uh, This is according to multiple sources on Twitter. Um and the Houston Chronicle and Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN, have backed up this story. Apparently, Russell Westbrook is going to miss the first few games of the team's first round series in the playoffs. Um, according to Woj and Jonathan Feigen of the Houston Chronicle, Westbrook, who is suffering from a strained quadriceps muscle, could miss at least uh, that much time, if not more. So he could miss the few first few games I read that poorly. um he could miss the first few games or more than that so that this is just kind of the the first couple games thing is just is actually the minimum. He couldn't miss more of this first round series as well. So th- this could be a pretty big blow to the Houston Rockets chances. obviously, probably the biggest blow of the bubble so far has been the Ben Simmons injury for the philadelphia 76ers now we might miss out on russell westbrook depending on how serious the injury is for the entire first round of the playoffs and of course if the rockets lose they're out so it's it's a big big deal at the moment as it stands houston is tied with oklahoma city for the fourth spot but because of the tiebreaker at the moment houston would play okc in the five spot by the way russ against his former team, James Harden against his former team. Very intriguing stuff there. Um, they can't get up to the three. There's a slight chance, depending on how the results go, they might fall to the six, the Rockets, but uh, that's unlikely. So it may not impact who they play because, again, the Rockets play, I believe, later on tonight. Um, oh, pardon me, they don't. So I, Russell Westbrook has missed the last couple of games already. So it's not going to affect seating as much, but it could impact obviously this first round series. OKC is playing extremely well. And if they somehow end up playing the Nuggets, which I don't think, it, again, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. Could be very difficult for the Rockets to deal with this. So again, Mike Mike D'Antoni, the head coach said, quote, we'll see how he responds uh, after Wednesday's game against the Indiana Pacers. We'll just see next week. So, this is going to be difficult for Russell Westbrook, especially considering what the injury is. It's a quad muscle. That's the issue. It's going to be difficult because of, because of his physical ability, his explosiveness, you know, that could be taken away. And that's a big part of Russell Westbrook's game. So we'll see. But again, if, if the results hold, and I think this is kind of be what's going to happen, they'll play Oklahoma city in the first round of the nba playoffs a very juicy matchup but it could get a lot tougher for houston if russell westbrook misses the first few games which looks like he will and then obviously he could miss even more time which could give okc a huge leg up in that first round series so wanted to touch on that before we dive further in to the western conference part of me and the eastern conference playoffs really quick again i'm recording this during this great slate of NBA action. Um, there's one more set of games tomorrow when the podcast goes out. The Rockets do play the Sixers then um today the Wizards beat the Celtics. that game did not matter really for anything and the Kings beat the Lakers again, a game that did not really matter for anything. So the rest of the games today as the, as the, as I record, the Grizzlies are currently playing the Bucks. They just got underway. The Grizzlies have to win if they want to get to that 8-9 playoff matchup to get into that playoff spot in the West. The Suns play the Mavericks. They're about to tip off as well. Huge game for the Suns. The Mavs already know that they are not only in the NBA playoffs, but they are going to be playing the LA Clippers in the first round of the NBA playoffs, that 2-7 matchup. Then a big one at 6 30 i'll be tuning in for this one the jazz play the spurs this is a big game for the spurs spurs have to win and get some help if they want to get into this eight nine matchup they're still alive but they have to beat the utah jazz the jazz right now are pretty much slotted in for the sixth seed they would play the denver nuggets in the first round if that result holds then a big one as well east versus western conference here The Trailblazers take on the Nets. The Nets are pretty much settled into that seven spot. They will play the Toronto Raptors in the first round, the defending champs in the NBA playoffs. Not going to look too good for Brooklyn, but we'll see how they get on. Meanwhile, Portland, if they win, clinch the eight seed, and then they would play either the Grizzlies, the Suns, or the Spurs in the first round, I should say in the play-in round. To get into the eighth spot of the NBA playoffs. If the Blazers were to be in the eighth spot, they of course would play the top seeded LA Lakers in the first round of the NBA playoffs, which would be a very juicy matchup. And then if you're feeling strong, my friends, you can watch the Magic take on the Pelicans at nine. So, and if you have watched that game, by the way, this game will be done by the time you listen. Kudos to you, you NBA fan. You NBA fan, you. You stood up. You stayed up and watched a meaningless NBA game. Good on you. So the Magic are already in. They are the eighth seed in the East. They will be taking on the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round of the NBA playoffs. The Pelicans have been long since eliminated from playoff contention. They have not played Zion, I think, for the last two or three games. He will not play tonight. So... You don't have to worry about that if you don't want to watch that game. By the way, don't think it's nationally televised either. So if you're where I am in Florida at the moment, you can tune in. If you're not, uh, NBA TV or NBA uh, League Pass would probably be the way to go to watch that one. can't believe I keep promoting this, but again, I'm just making the joke that if you're watching that game, you're a true NBA fan. Good on you. Last few games that will be going on as you listen to the podcast, the Raptors play the Nuggets. The game doesn't really mean anything. The Heat play the Pacers in the second game of the day. That game means a little something, but the problem is it's only going to matter who's the four and who's the five. They're tied at the moment. The Heat, if they win, are the four seed. If they lose, the Pacers are the four seed. Doesn't matter because they're playing each other either way. So it really just matters who's wearing what uniform in the first round of the NBA playoffs. It is interesting, though, because they get a little bit of a taster for each other before the playoffs get started, and then they play each other in a first-round series. That is very intriguing, but it's basically the precursor to their first-round series. Then the Thunder play the Clippers. The game, again, does not really mean anything. It's pretty much settled in the West. Uh, The Clippers are the two-seed And the Thunder, if they lose and the Rockets win, they'll switch spots. But again, they're going to play each other most likely anyway. So it doesn't really matter. And then the Rockets, of course, play the Sixers. The Sixers, again, uh, have missed out on their chance to move up. So they're going to stay in the sixth spot and play the Boston Celtics in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Very excited to watch that matchup. Again, no Ben Simmons for Philly. So Boston will be heavy favorites in that first round series. And the Sixers season could go down the tubes pretty darn quickly, as was definitely a possibility when the bubble began. Of course, no Ben Simmons is going to make that just as tricky. Again, let's dive into the matchups a little bit. Uh, Again, not all of these are officially confirmed with the two days of games still to go. You guys will be through the one day as you listen. There's still four or five games to go on that final day to fully finish off this 8 game stretch for each team getting set for the nba playoffs again in the east the box who've been a little up and down of late i have to say uh we'll play the the magic in the first round of the nba playoffs in the 1-8 matchup it's the raptors and the nets in the 2-7 matchup it's the sixers hey, facing off against the three-seeded boston celtics third seeded boston celtics will be heavy favorites and then it's going to be the indiana pacers and the miami heat in the 4-5 matchup, who's 4, who's 5. It doesn't really matter, but we'll dict- it'll be already dictated uh, by the time we get into the end, I should say, of Friday's games. Out West, in the East, I should say. It's the Western Conference playoffs. Very excited for these matchups, I have to say. The Lakers will play either the Blazers, the Grizzlies, the Suns, or the Spurs in the first round. That's the big drama going in to the final couple of, of games here. Who's going to be in that 8-9 play-in? For my money... I have to say, I wouldn't bet against those Phoenix Suns. They've won seven in a row. I could see the Grizzlies faltering here. I could see the Spurs possibly faltering. But again, the Blazers are the favorites. If the Blazers beat the Nets, I think they're probably going to go on and win this and move on. It's the best of three series. Basically, uh, you ha- for the eighth seed, you have to lose twice to give it up. The nine seed has to win two games to get in. If the Blazers win the first game, whoever gets the eighth spot if they win the first game it's over if they lose we go to another game if they win that we go to a third and then we see who goes home so the blazers are the favorites i'd love to see portland and dame dollar take on the lakers that'd be a phenomenal first round matchup they kept charles barkley on inside I actually went as far as saying that if the blazers get in they will beat the lakers in the first round i wouldn't go that far at least not as of yet but It's going to be a really good series. It could go the distance, by the way, if the Blazers get there. If it's the Suns, by the way, I wouldn't put it past them to give the Lakers a series either. I think the Spurs are probably the worst possible matchup for the NBA. I don't think they're going to give them too much of a fight. I might even put the Grizzlies in that argument as well. The Grizzlies have been very much up and down. They've lost their last two and eight of their last 10 overall. So that'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Uh, The 2-7 matchup is set. It's going to be the Clippers taking on the Mavericks in the first round of the NBA playoffs. It's a juicy matchup. No question about that. We're finally going to see Luka in a playoff series. Very excited about that. We'll see KP live and in color as well. So that'll be a good series potentially as well. It looks like it's going to be the Denver Nuggets against the Utah Jazz in the 3-6 matchup. Pretty good matchup. Um, It could have been better potentially, but... It's going to be interesting to see. I think the Nuggets will be pretty heavy favorites over the Jazz, but with Donovan Mitchell, you give the Jazz a chance to maybe pull off an upset. And if things stay the way they are, it's going to be the Oklahoma City Thunder against the Russell westbrook list Houston Rockets in that first-round game. Again, we don't know how long. It's going to be. at least be two games for Russell Westbrook in that series where he will be out with that quad injury. Really juicy matchup. Honestly, If Russell Westbrook was healthy, the juiciest of all, in my opinion, it's a really good matchup. I think the Thunder have shocked everybody this year. Been a little up and down in the bubble, but they've gotten some good wins. I I think they could really make it tough on Houston and even tougher now without Russell Westbrook. James Harden's uh, load just got that much more uh, difficult and and bigger to carry for Houston. For me, and I'll kind of wrap things up just by going through my, my two favorite matchups. In each conference, and again in the West, it was going to be OKC, Houston, but without Russ out, with, with Russ out, I should say, getting too excited over here <laughs> for the first two games. I'm actually leaning Clippers, Mavericks here. I have to say, that's a really nice matchup. Clippers are still trying to get everybody reintegrated into the into the into the roster, into the offense, and on the defensive end of the floor. Lot to work on for Doc Rivers' bunch. They've won six of the last ten, kind of a mediocre stretch for for la and for the clippers specifically so i'm interested to see what happens in that series so again without dame dollar confirmed for the 1-8 matchup yet that's still to be determined and with that houston rockets uh okc thunder series still kind of up in the air as to who's going to play and when they're going to play and and things of that nature and if that matchup holds i'm going to go clippers mavericks as my favorite established series in the west a lot of storylines First dose of this Mavericks team in the playoffs and we get a first round test for a Clippers team that's still kind of trying to refine themselves here in the bubble. The Clippers are still my favorites to win the title, but I'm excited to see how that matchup plays out. And again, if we get Blazers Lakers in the first round, that's another juicy one to keep an eye on as well. In the East, it's pretty easy for me which matchup jumps out the most. Listen, Bucks Nets, I'm sorry, Bucks Magic not much there. Raptors Nets not much there either. Although the Nets have won 3 in a row, but the Raptors are on fire right now behind Kyle Lowry. I think they're going to roll through Brooklyn in the first round. The Champs will will get that done I think pretty early. For me, I think Ben Simmons being out for the Sixers makes this kind of easy. Because I think the, the Celtics could easily sweep aside the Philadelphia 76ers. I think p- the Heat Pacers series, to me, screams going the distance. I think this could be a really fun series. I think these two teams have been not only in the, uh, on the record side of things, um, but in general, they've been pretty even all year. I, I think the Sixers were kind of with them for a while. They've kind of faltered off in the bubble. Sixers have now lost three in a row. So I, I, I look at the Heat and the Pacers. They've been kind of neck and neck for most of the, se- the season, even before the bubble. I'm excited to see how this one plays out. I really am. The Pacers are the hotter team. They've won seven of the last 10. The Heat have kind of been mediocre in the bubble. They've lost six of the last 10, but... I could either I could see this I could see this series going either way. It's a coin flip. I give the slight edge to Miami on talent and the fact that they've got the best player in Jimmy Butler. But Indiana has given teams really big, uh, big problems and fits in the first round of the last couple of years. They've made it really tough. This could be the year they break through and maybe go on a little bit of a run in the Eastern Conference playoffs. So I, I think that by far is the most intriguing first round matchup in the East. Listen, the Sixers with Joel Embiid are going to have a chance against Boston. I, 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 Sixers fans are crazy. I think they, they give their team a chance almost no matter what, but it, but I, I don't think the Sixers, by the way, I I don't think the Sixers guards are going to be able to handle the plethora of talent that is on the perimeter for Boston. Jalen Brown's having a phenomenal season. He's having a great bubble. He's, you also look at the fact that Jason Tatum is getting it going, and Gordon Hayward is there as well, along with Kemba Walker. I don't see the Sixers having nearly enough defensively to deal with all four of those guys. I think Boston could sweep the Sixers. I really do. I think they can contain Joel Embiid for the most part in this series, but even if they don't, I hate to say it, without Ben Simmons, there's not a whole not a whole lot after that. I mean, obviously, listen, I have to stop myself because listen, Tobias Harris is a stud. He's going to give them a chance, but I could see the Celtics having enough personnel. Again, it's just MB, just Harris, one less option without Simmons. That's the kind of thing that could really derail this Sixers season. And we've seen the signs of it. That's why I'm leaning towards Boston here. Listen, Boston's not been world beaters in the bubble. I'm not saying that. They've been relatively mediocre and you look at the stats and when you look at the record. But this matchup screams Boston guards too good for defensively lacking Sixers perimeter. I could easily see the Boston Celtics having a field day with the Sixers as far as the guard matchup is concerned. And I think they have enough to stop the Sixers inside. So I I think it could be a, a, a quick series. The Sixers could get a game, and there's no question about that. I'm just thinking of Brad Stevens, again, I think could easily outcoach Brett Brown. I think that's another big plus in this series for them. I, I see Boston winning in five games. I really do. I, I could see them easily, easily sweeping this team aside without too much trouble. And listen, I think on top of that, it, it's tough in the East because... We're kind of waiting for, you know, a potential Raptors-Bucks-Eastern Conference final. Or maybe a Heat-Bucks, maybe a Pacer-Bucks, Celtics-Bucks. You know, who's going to knock off the Bucks is kind of where we're at right now. I could see see the Bucks having a tough time with the Pacers or the Heat in the second round. So that's why we're kind of waiting in the East to get these first-round matchups out of the way. And then see what we've got for the semifinals in the East. Because that's where it could really jump up a level here. You know, the bottom of this conference is pretty weak. The Nets and the Magic are, you know, mediocre teams. You know, the Magic, by the way, have lost five in a row. You know, they they have really not been very good in the bubble. The Bucks, despite their struggles at times, are going to probably sweep them. So I, I don't see that many big time things that are, again, home court aside, I still don't. It's one of those things. So in the West, I could see a lot more upsets happen. I really could. I, I I could see this getting very interesting in the West. You know what I mean? It's a coin flip between OKC and the Rockets if they play. Denver, Utah, bit of an opening there. Clippers, Mavericks could be a very good series. And then, the big one, I think everyone's got it on their minds, Blazers, Lakers in the first round. Can Damian Lillard outshine LeBron James? And CJ McCollum as well there trying to do his bit as well. Anthony Davis will be doing his things for the Lakers as well. Do the Lakers have enough to make that a quick series? I don't think they do. I think that could be a a one that goes the distance if the Blazers take care of business at the time of recording. And then of course, you know, seeing how the other matchups play out as well. And then obviously the Blazers moving forward have to win that eight, nine playoff game to still get in. So that's going to be what we have to look forward to in the day's and weeks to come. And by next week, we're going to be really diving in to the playoff matchup, seeing where everybody's at. And you're right. I'm going to have to make some predictions. So we'll get to that next week. For now, that's the end of this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Thank you as always for listening. Thank you guys for subscribing on iTunes. Continue to do that. Hit us up, postingandtoasting.com. Shock Shock Knicks podcasts are always there. You can comment and let us know what you think about the Knicks and the NBA at the moment remember to stay safe wear a mask for god's sake people i keep walking around you know getting groceries and things in florida people are still not wearing masks it's the, it's the vast majority of you but some are still not doing it do it for god's sake and thank you as always for listening to the show hope you're doing well as well as you can be stay safe and i will see you guys next time on the shock shock next podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network